job, man. I, uh, I'm speaking this morning. Ronnie, Ronnie was still very ill this week, and uh, he, he has uh, uh, basically, you know, the cold stuff that's been going around, but his back went out at the same time. And I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. So he said that every time he would cough, it was like the worst pain imaginable. And uh, so he was, he was pretty much out of commission all week. And, and I want to encourage you to be praying for him. Uh, but he, he seems to be like he's getting better. And so we're gonna, I think he's going to plan on being back this next week. And uh, I've, I've kind of had something on my mind for the last good while, I mean months. And uh, this morning I kinda, I'm going to talk. Uh, it's not a sermon per se. I didn't, I didn't flesh out scripture uh, for you guys this morning. And um, I spent a lot of time in the Bible, but most of it was spent in reflection uh, for me, thinking about my last 11 years of my life that I've been at Golden Corner Church, um, that you guys have been my church family. And uh, I just spent so much time thinking about it. I, I want to kind of, you know, Scott told his... Uh, his testimony last week, and I'm going to tell you just a little bit of my story. I'm picking it up a little differently, though. I asked Christ into my life when I was 19 years old. Uh, we had been, Brittany and I, my wife, she was my girlfriend then, uh, we had been coming to church there for a few months, and uh, this event happened uh, here at the church called Praise Week. It's actually at Sertoma Field, and uh, you guys like Praise Week, right? That's a big thing, yeah. We love Praise Week, man, and... Uh, and I, and, and I would say this, God was working on me for those months that I was here. I mean, there were, there were these thoughts and there were these things happening to me. I mean, there was definitely something going on in my life. Uh, but at Praise Week, this guy talked about Jesus in such a way that I realized that I needed him in my life. And even more than that, that I wanted him in my life. I wanted that love that that guy was talking about. And so I made a decision one night at Praise Week. And... Uh, I mean, and one of the things that stood out to me in this story is Golden Corner Church just, just did so much for me. I mean, I could, and I wish I had time to go in and start naming names of people and, and telling you about all of these different things that, that this church, that this family did for me. I mean, it was incredible what they did. Uh, one of the first things that happened was I got invited uh, to, to come and hang out with the worship team guys. That was one of the first things that happened to me. And uh, because I played guitar. I knew like three chords, okay, and like I was, I was, you know, and y'all know how I am. I came in, I'm like, yeah, but I like to write songs. It's kind of what I do, and I just rearranged the three chords and wrote songs. Uh, it was just, I mean, so I hung out with them, and they let me. In, and basically, that was what I did. I hung out. I played guitar. I learned a lot from the musicians, like Tony. He's been here forever, and he's and and honestly, <laughs> forever, forever, man. And he's he's, but he, I just learned so much from those guys. And but worship was one of the things that came really naturally to me up front. It just made sense to me that you would play and sing to God. And uh, uh, but just uh, you know, over the course of those first couple of years, just just all of these opportunities, and all these things was happening. Uh, Gerald Tao was actually a student pastor then, and he invited me uh, to come and just hang out with the students. So he said, I know you're old, you know, you're a little too old, but, which, you know, I wasn't that old, but he's like, come hang out and just hang out with the kids, you know, and get to know them and, and just be, be their friend. I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I came and I hung out, got to know some kids, and, and before I knew it, I loved it. I mean, it was, I didn't grow up doing that. I didn't grow up going to, you know, student ministry or anything like that. So this was new to me. It was fun. 
I got that, we, you know, the games we would play and the things we would do. And I mean, it was just a blast. My call to ministry was around that time. Uh, around 21 years old is about what I was. And I'll never forget it. It was, it was definitive for me. It was very memorable. I, I was uh, actually working in the woods with a chainsaw near working for another man on his land where my house now sits that my wife and I built. And I, I was down there working, and I, that chainsaw, you know, Bang! I mean, that's what I was doing. And, uh, man, I, just all of a sudden, I just, I, and probably because I was tired, but I decided to stop and take a break. And I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, it just occurred to me that God wanted me 100% to go into ministry. I mean, it was, I, I can't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the wind blew and this lightning bolt struck me in the head and I knew it. I'm not going to say that, but it was just, it was, it was, a, it was an unreal experience. I was just standing and it was all of a sudden it became clear to me that's what I was supposed to do. Now, at the time I was already in college. I was already in Clemson and I was in Ag Econ and Statistics. Well, I was, you know, that's a lot of time and money was invested in that. And I knew God wanted me to be in the ministry. That's what he wanted me to do with my life. And, but I didn't see any reason not to finish. You know, I mean, he, I, I didn't feel like he was pushing me to go to seminary. I didn't feel like he was, you know, asking me to do anything different than what I was doing. So I just stayed in college. And I finished. And when I graduated, it just so happened that Golden Corner, with Mark and Ronnie and Gerald, they had, they had somehow, the church, you, my family, had figured out a way to hire me as a part-time student pastor. So the week I graduated, I graduated in 2008, Brittany and I got married the very next week, and I had a part-time job as a student pastor. Pretty cool, right? Is everybody, is this, is that my boring you to death? And, uh, and so, <laughs> not yet, nice. <laughs> so I got married, I had this part-time job, and, and you guys are going to think that I'm lying, but I got this phone call, and it was from a professor at Clemson. And I had done well enough in school that he invited me to go to grad school. He wanted me to go to grad school. Nobody's going to yell liar to me. Nobody's going to yell, right, Tim, you did well enough in school. No, but he did. He called me, and, 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 he, and this was how he, his, kind of his pitch was. He's like, man, you come, you know, you can get your master's degree, and I tell you what, I think I can work it out where we can actually, we'll actually pay you to teach uh, statistics to undergraduates, and you can do some research and stuff. Now, trust me, Clemson still came out on top on that deal, uh, but it was something to do. So I was like, okay. So I took both. I have no idea why. Looking back at it this day, I was just, I don't know why that decision seemed like the right decision, but I went. So I went to graduate school. I was a student pastor. I was still helping with the worship here on Sunday mornings. And uh, I'll be honest, those next two years were difficult. They were a struggle. I mean, uh, between graduate school, which is very intensive compared to my undergrad, uh, you kind of do all of the same stuff you do in undergrad, but you work, too. They use you to, to accomplish goals there at, the, uh, there at Clemson. And so, uh, so it, was, it was difficult, but this morning I really wanted to kind of tell you about what I did in graduate school was one of the things. Um, I was in agriculture, economics, and statistics, which is simply, uh, it's, it's kind of basically taking agribusiness, but looking at it from more of a, a bigger picture, you know, national, global scale. And, uh, and we learned how to do statistics on that way you kind of measure production, you know what I mean, of, of crops. And uh, what, I, what we would do, though, as grad school, or as students, is we would actually go and they would put us together as a team. And that team, what we would do is we would go to these farms that were interested in us helping them. And we would go to these farms, and we would help them 
by basically taking a look at their business from top to bottom. Okay? So what they would do is they would come in, and this is a true story. We went into this, this, this farm. It was a peach farm, excuse me, down in Edgefield. Went in, and the guy just comes into the, the office, and he has like seven people behind him toting books. I mean like this. Doof, and they set them on the table. And so then our little team, we'd, there we'd be sitting, and we'd have all these books, and we would just start looking at the data. You know what I mean? Whatever. And my specific job on the team, because my mathematical skills were just below average, was my job was to take everything that they, they would give us, and I was supposed to look at the big picture, and I was supposed to draw conclusions from that. Does that make sense? Does this make sense? So what we would, and, I, and I'll just tell you, we looked at things like uh, uh, their management applications, the hierarchy of the company. I mean top to bottom. Everything that they do, their employment packages, their uh, budgets and their revenues, uh, their inputs on, and their processes. You know what I mean? So like I'm talking about planting the tree to how much irrigation, how much water they're putting on it, to the pesticides they're using on it, to the herbicides they're using on it, to how they pick that, how they get it on the conveyor belt and how they're sorting it and choosing what's bad and what's good, to putting it in the boxes. I mean, we would look at even the style of box that they were shipping it in and how they would preserve that that fruit in order to get it to you where you could go all oh, this peach is good my daughter was eating one a day or so ago and I, all this ran through my mind of what it took to get that there and that's what we would look at um, in 2010 I graduated uh, from Clemson with my master's in applied economics and statistics and I immediately became a full-time pastor <laughs> if you don't see the comedy in that you wouldn't listen to nothing I said <laughs> it still makes me laugh. It's just crazy. And I'll be honest, at the time, I look back on that, especially grad school. I love grad school, man. It was, one of, it was some of the funnest times I, I had just as far as, as working with farms and stuff, which is something I've always loved doing. Uh, but I look back on it for so long, especially over the next five years, and just looked and I'm like, why? I mean, why did I do that? Ronnie has never once asked me to break out my calculus skills. Never. I'm serious. Jesus, he's never asked me to draw a bell curve. Ever. If you don't know what that is, good for you. <laughs> Stay in the dark. I bet you I drew a million. Seriously. Never wanted me to look at the microeconomic structure of student ministry. I learned some valuable stuff. I know that. I mean, I learned some valuable stuff. I learned how to live off summer sausage. Learned how to drive with my eyes closed. I mean, that was valuable. You're going to be avoiding me on the roads now. Over the next several years here at Golden Corner, I, I, held, I, I wore a lot of hats. And we, you've, you've heard that said here before. I've, I've been, you know, taught here on Sunday mornings, taught student ministry. I taught in other, other venues type situations, uh, did website work, adult groups ministry. It was something I was in charge of for a while. Uh, building grounds. I mean, all of these things are kind of things that, that, I've, that I've had under, under my supervision at one point or another. I guess they just can't find anything I do well. Uh, over the course of time through transitions and, and some changes, and you guys know if you've been here in the last five years, Gold Corner Church has changed a lot in that time period. Uh, I mean, from staff to operationally programming, you know, things that we do, Gold Corner Church has changed a lot. And, and because of that, come January of 2015, I became Golden Corner Church's first ever lead pastor. We never had one of those before. We never named somebody that before. <laughs> um, and you may have never heard of me uh, refer to that as that before, but that's what I am.
But I'll tell you this, the day that that happened and I started in and started understanding what my job description was and what I was supposed to do, my college made sense. All of a sudden, I started using some of the things. And, and the only reason I wanted to tell you that this morning, I, just wanted, I thought it was a good, a good way for you guys to see for, for a long time, seven years I was in college, that never made sense to me. It hadn't helped me much that I knew about. But then all of a sudden, I could use it. All of a sudden, it became useful. God had been preparing me for what I believe was my role today. So God knows more than we do. There's your, there's your sermon in a sentence. No. Um, the way it works here at Golden Corner and how we're a little bit different in a lot of churches is Ronnie is our senior pastor. And Ronnie focuses totally on hearing from God to teach us and also to lead us and, 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 and hear God's vision and strategy that he has for the church. My job is 100% operations, top to bottom. I mean, like, whether the floor is mopped to the finances of the church. That's what I am ultimately responsible for, everything. So if you have a problem, call Ronnie. <laughs> He's not here. He can't argue with it. You should probably call me. Uh, each of our fantastic staff reports to me. Uh, it's my job to help them in their ministries and ensure that the church in each area is being effective in accomplishing its mission and fulfilling the vision that God has for it. That's my job, okay? And I do this by working one-on-one with them, okay? I spend a lot of time with each person that's on staff here. Uh, and uh, I, my job is basically I try to help to develop them as leaders, help them form their strategies and what they're doing, and I help them make the multitude of decisions that come down the line. And if you know anything about church, you know that decisions are like I mean I bet you I say yes and no like 83 times a day I mean it's crazy how many decisions there are Um, a large portion of my job though in looking at the church is it's kind of like what my job was on the team uh, when I was in grad school my job is to take a step back from it all and gather information we collect data and I take that and I take it from all the ministries and everybody and I look at it and I and I'm supposed to draw conclusions from that. Um, and I just want to—I want to make sure you guys know I'm kind of a numbers guy, and I know that in church world we get a little—some people can get sensitive when it comes to you when you start talking about numbers, okay? But I want you to hear what I'm saying. At Golden Corner Church, we know one thing—I mean, as much as anything—and that is numbers represent people, and people have stories, and we care about that. Does that make sense? So I, make, I want you to make sure that when we're collecting this data, and we collect data from uh, information sharing, programming, event planning, outreach, uh, we use attendance, kids check-in, giving, the Connection Center, event involvement. I mean, we use everything. Any time that we're doing anything, we're looking at a way to collect data. That way we can tell how we're doing. And we use this information to help us make decisions, but also to see what's working and what isn't working. Does that make sense? Are you guys hearing me? Okay, good. So that's what we do. And all that stuff happens in the background, I'll be honest. And, over, and basically it's been happening over the last year. We've been trying to do that and do that well. And, but I get a chance to work on it when there's nothing else going on. You know what I mean? And so I sit and I start crunching numbers. I dig in. And this morning I want to share some of that information with, with you guys. And this is how I would like for this to work. 
I'm going to share this information, and I just need you to know that these, this information I'm going to share with you is, a, is mathematical certainty. Okay? These are facts. Does that make sense? And I'm not, I'm not saying them with any. I am just going to say them to you, and what I want you to allow God to do is to speak to you through them. Does that make sense? So you draw your conclusions. I'm going to just tell you. Okay? Is that fair? Say fair? Okay. Here we go. Golden Corner Church is a big church. In Oconee County, in the state of South Carolina, we're a big church. Approximately somewhere between 500 and 550 people, adults, call Golden Corner Church their home church. Somewhere between 500 and 550 adults call Golden Corner Church their home church, their church, their family. Our average attendance on a Sunday morning is right around 300 per Sunday. We might be slightly below. It's never, it's never extremely skewed. Our number is either right below or we're just above, 300. That means that on any given Sunday, 40% of the adults that call Golden Corner Church their home are not here. Okay? So right now this morning, when we're done, when all is said and done this morning, 40% of the adults that call Golden Corner Church their home will not have been here. Okay? If you take that information and you break it down, what it means is the average adult attends about half the time. So if there are four Sundays in a month, actually the specific number, if there are four Sundays a month, the average adult is here 2.4 times a month. Okay? So we got that one? Kids' ministry is the same, so it doesn't really, we didn't see any significant change when you take into account parents and you take in just, you know, adults. You don't see really any change. The kids' ministry is the same. We have about 130 kids who call GCC their church, okay, 130. That's awesome. But about half of them are here each Sunday. So on any given Sunday, today, there will be 70 kids who are not here, Okay? They're here half the time, 26 Sundays a year, 26 hours a year, and that's not including special events. And, and the crazy thing is we take, we take special events, you know, we, we do uh, several now. We do four kids' events a year, essentially, is what we're doing this year. And, for instance, I take the data from Kidsmas, which was in December, and Kidsnick, which was just this spring. You take that, and about half the kids come to that, too. Okay, so we, we have about 70 kids come to each event we do. Our serving statistics include people who serve in kids' ministry, guest services. Guest services includes get, uh, greeters, the safety team, and the parking, uh, the parking guys, and uh, worship here on Sunday mornings. Uh, and it includes the adults that serve at Jaywalkers. Uh, we have more people serving than we ever have had at GCC, to our knowledge. A pro, uh, just over 130 people, adults, are serving at Golden Corner. Pretty good. But if we take into account everyone who calls Golden Corner Church home, and I use 500, 26% of the adults in our church serve. Okay? 26%. Uh, if we take a, we, we, we also, we look at events. You know, we have special events. We had an event just a little while back called B1. Do y'all remember that? We had B1 just a little while back. We had, uh, and you know, it's the first time we've ever done that. We were pretty excited about it. Uh, we had 60 adults show up to serve. We, you know, for the first time, and that was good. But if you take into account all of the adults that call Golden Corner Church home, that is 12% of the adults of this church participated in that event. 
Uh, the other, one of the other main things, and, and, this is, and these are the big picture items, okay, is group. And that's our primary uh, discipleship uh, tactic. I mean, that's what we do. You know, we put people in groups and circles where they can be encouraged and, and love on one another and grow uh, in their relationship with Christ. And when we, we look at that number, 32% of the adults that call Golden Core Church home of 500, 32% are in group, are connecting in the church beyond Sunday morning. Uh, financially, Golden Corner Church is doing well. Uh, we pay the bills. We're paying down the debt. Uh, we're on track to be within our budget uh, this year, which is always good news. Uh, but if you take in, I, I took that, and man, it, it took a good bit of time, but you take and you, you look at the giving, and you just kind of, I'm, I'm basically laying these two things on top of one another, take a look at it. 18% of our church contributes 70% of the giving. 18% carries 70%. Now, I'm going to put that in terms, and, and these are just really close here, but say our budget $620,000, which is very close to what it is. Then 18% of the church is providing $440,000 of that. I, I take a look at the Connection Center, and uh, the Connection Center is what we use for guests. Now, now, these are only the ones that are willing to go over and get their gift and sign up. Y'all hear me say that every single Sunday morning, that there is a gift for you at the Connection Center. We'd love for you to have before you leave here today. Okay, you hear us say that? And uh, uh, we average out, if you take out Easter and you take out Christmas, which I, I have to take them out because they're outliers. They're too, it's too skewed. It'll skew all of my data. But if I take out those two big Sundays on just a normal Sunday here, that, on average, we will have one guest a Sunday. Does that make sense? One guest is Sunday. So we'll have approximately some 50, it's actually between 50 and 55 guests this year if you take out Easter and Christmas. Now I need to stop because I can feel you hating me. <laughs> you should be on this end of it. I'm not fussing. I'm not. I, I promise. I'm not fussing. I'm not frustrated. I'm not discouraged by any of that I just told you. Any of it. I'm not. Golden Corner Church is a good church. Matter of fact, if you take these statistics and you apply these statistics, and, you, and I were to take and look at, at Lifeway is actually uh, someone who provides statistics for churches, and uh, you can go and look and you can compare churches that's our size, and I'm telling you, we're par. I mean, that's normal. Everything I just said to you would not catch you know, anybody off guard in the church world. We will see, uh, and the way things are right now, we can keep on keeping on. Okay? It's important that you know that. We can keep on keeping on. We can go ahead just like we are. And I'm going to tell you this. We'll see good things happen. We will see lives changed. I believe that. We did last week. Were you here last week? Did you hear Scott's testimony? We had people accept Christ in here last week. We will see good things happen. But I drew two conclusions from looking at this. I stepped back, and I, have, and I have, do have some more information, but that was the ones I thought were the really big deal. I look and I say, what conclusions do you draw from this? And I have two. Number one, Golden Corner Church is not making as big a difference in your life as it could. Did you hear me? 
Golden Corner Church is not making as big a difference in your life as it could. The average person here. It's not. Number two. Golden Corner Church is not making as big a difference in the lives of others as it could. Plain and simple for me. I mean, I wrote those sentences down. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pastor here. I care about this church. And I wrote those two sentences down, and I'm going to tell you. As a pastor, this is what it does to you. You start asking questions, man. And I'm not, I'm not going to say I was panicking or freaking out. I mean, I know in my heart, you know, Paul talks about church. He's a marathon. This is what, you know, we're in this thing for the long haul. Let's take a look at it. So I'm not going to say I was panicking, but it does make you ask questions. It makes you wonder, you know, are we doing a good job of letting the church know everything that they need to know in order, you know, so they can, they can go on and do what they need to do? Are we doing that well? You know, are we doing... Are we doing everything that we need to do, you know, as far as having Facebook use and website and having the ticker thing run on Sunday mornings where it has images letting you know what's coming, having saved the dates and putting cars in the chairs. Now we're putting cards on cars. I mean, are we doing everything we can do to let you know? Is the worship spirit filled? I mean, are we doing that to the best of our ability? Is kids ministry fun? Do the kids love it? Are we doing our servers? Are they bought in? Are they doing what they need to be doing? I mean, you start asking all these questions. You hear what I'm saying? Is, have we made a big enough deal of groups? Have we really stressed to them how important we think it is that you have a circle around you? Have we done that to the best of our ability? Maybe the weakest link is just Ronnie. I don't know. I'll go ahead and tell you, he's not. I'm telling you, go online and listen to preachers. And I'm going to tell you, you will find some good communicators who teach the Bible well. But you will find a lot of preachers who do not do a very good job of teaching the Bible, guys. And we got one of the good ones. After you look at yourself and we look, you know, and as a staff, we've talked about this a lot. We look and we look at all these numbers and we go, man, it's not making as big a difference in their lives as we wish it were. It's not making as big a difference in the lives of others as we wish it were. And then it hits me. Maybe it's not that we're not, that, that, that the church is not providing enough opportunities or our opportunities aren't good enough. Maybe it's that the church not taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. The average person does not take full advantage of the encouragement, the worship, and the teaching that GCC Sunday mornings can be. This can be your pep rally every single week, filling you up, motivating you for another week in the world, but the average adult here tries to stretch it out a good bit longer than that. The average parent does not take full advantage of the kids' ministry and the external examples and the teachers that are provided back there. Kids ministry could be your greatest ally. Your greatest ally in helping you raise your kids in the way that they should go. And it's utilized half the time. The majority of of our adults, nearly 70% are not involved in community where they can receive encouragement and grow in their relationship with God. Group could be your greatest asset in helping you stay the course and move forward in your relationship with God. But the majority of people don't use it at all. Majority of the people don't know the joy. Uh, the majority of the people of this church do not know the joy of serving within the church. Nearly 74, 74% potentially do not know the joy of serving within the church, fulfilling their place in the body. And so many others are missing out because the others aren't serving. The majority of the church is missing out on the blessing that comes from giving obedience.
And I don't know, but you look at all the other things, and I look at the number that has 50 guests a year, and I'll be honest with you, there's a, there's a portion of me that looks, and I know that a lot of churches couldn't say that at all. They don't have 50 guests. But then I think about it, and I go, well, there's 500 adults out here in the community each week that are connected with all sorts of friends and all sorts of family members and all these circles that are circling around out there with 500 adults out there. And I'm not sure we're inviting people like we should be. The majority of people do not take full advantage of their church. I'm sorry. GCC can make so much more of a difference in your life if you would let it. It could. Can I say something? This is your church. Jesus's yours. It's not Ronnie Hodge's church. It's not Tim McCall's church. It's, it's ours together. It's your family. This is the body that you're a part of. This is not a pride thing for me. It's important to me that you know that. This is not a pride thing for me. It's not an ego trip. Okay? I'm not pushing for a mega church. I'm not pushing to get more out of you because I need something from you. That ain't what it's about. That's not why I got into ministry when I was 21 years old. That's not why I started. That's not what God, God called me to. He called me because he wanted me to be a part of a church where Jesus Christ was changing lives. And he wanted me to help that church. He wanted me to be a part of that church. To give it everything I got. Where Jesus Christ could work through us and we could change even more lives, as many as possible, until the day they put me in the ground and I can finally figure out what all the fuss is about. You know how I know? Golden Corner Church should make a better difference, a bigger difference in your life. And it could. Because it made a big difference in mine. They welcome me. They love me. Right off the bat. Made Jesus accessible to me. I realized, man, he's right there. I can know him. I can feel him. I can feel his love on me. That's what Golden Corner Church did for me. Brought me in and said, come on, man. Like, I got this super cool gift. I'd love for you to have it. Showed him to me every single day and how they treated me. This church is special to me because it's my family. And it made a lasting difference in my life. A lasting difference in my life. And it can make more of a difference in your life, but you got to let it. I don't know what else we can do. I'm not going to, I'm not, listen, we can do better. We're learning all the time. I'm young. A lot of the staff's young. We're, we're figuring stuff out. We're doing our best. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's us. I don't think it's the church or the, uh, any of that stuff. I think, it's, uh, I think it's us. Our willingness, our interest in what's going on here. I'm telling you this, guys. Your interest, your participation, your involvement... 
your contribution in this body. Just like Paul, go Romans 12, go read what Paul talked about the body and what happens when all the pieces aren't working properly. And I hate using the word working because it's not about that. But it's what? It's what Jesus will do something with. It's what he'll use. He'll bind us together. He'll make us, he'll make us a force to be reckoned with out there. And there are 35,000 other people in Oconee County that need it too. So I get down to this part of the sermon. Or I said, what a sermon? It's talking. And I go, okay. So Tim, what are you telling them to do? God, what should I tell them to do? I don't have a clue. Every one of you, you're in different places. I'm not just, I, I don't know where you're at. I believe this. I believe you could pray. I believe you could be praying about what to do. Praying about, you know, do you feel like Golden Corner Church? Do you feel like this family can really make a difference in your life? You can sit down and you can talk to your spouse or talk to your family or whatever. You can sit down and talk to them. Look at your priority list. Look at your life. I mean, all these things, are these are all thoughts that have just rolled through my head. If I could, if I could get the band to come back up here, I want to do something. I'll say this. The opportunities are going to be there. They're coming up, all of them. All of the opportunities are coming up. And listen, still listen. Lock in with me, okay? The opportunities are going to be there. There are opportunities there. I mean, we have LifeLink coming up. There's Praise Week coming up. There's going to be all sorts of student stuff. The kids' stuff's going to be great every single week. We're going to do our very best to make sure that all of the opportunities there are there for you to be involved and for it to grow you and to get, you know, just work in your life and where Jesus, where you can grow closer to him in your relationship. We're going to try our best to make sure all that stuff is going to be there. We're going to have servant group, like all this stuff. But here's what I want you to do. I just want you to consider for just a moment. This is your church and your family. What would happen if those numbers changed? What would happen if the few became the many? If the minority became the majority? What would happen in this church? What would happen in your life? And what would happen in the lives of the other people? I remember a long time ago, Ronnie and I uh, and Mark sitting there talking. We were talking about an invitation on Sunday morning, you know, how we wanted to, what, what we felt like God wanted us to do and how we thought we could make that work. And, and uh, I don't remember who said it, but I remember these words. It was so good. He said, sometimes the best thing that you can do is just stand them up and let them sing. Every journey begins with a step. And maybe that step today is just to worship with all you have. Pray with me real quick. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each person that's here. 
God, I want Golden Corner Church to be a church that you look down on and you smile. I want Golden Corner Church to be a church that you are that you look at and you say, man, that church is making a difference. I can use them. With every act of faith, every step they take forward, I can use them. I can do something with that. I can make something happen with that. God, I pray that you begin to change our lives from the inside out, that you begin to work in us, and that, and that you use us and you teach us how to be the body like we're supposed to be the body, how to be family like we're supposed to be family. That we'll lean on one another, we'll encourage one another, we'll be standing side by side on the battle line beside one another. Help us to be a church that glorifies you, God. Help us to be a church that stands toe-to-toe with the world and embraces the people in it and draws them into this family. Father, help us to worship right here. Have a few minutes. Help us to sing to you. Help this to be our first step towards you. God, I know we need you. I know we need this church and we need this family. I haven't come across very many people who had strong relationships with God and were not involved in the Bible in nine years. 